Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today Show and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Tuesday, October 4th, which means a few things. It means it's a loaded, loaded podcast today. A lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. It means my rent is due tomorrow. Let me write that down real quick. It means we are four days away from the Brewski 150 dropping, so go check out sportsethos.com if you are a fantasy basketball player, and go subscribe to the Brewski 150 if you need a ranking sheet. This is the best in the business. I got my hands on them a little early, and let me say LaMelo Ball was the name that surprised me most. I won't say if it was too high or too low. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. I'll leave that as a teaser for you to go find out yourself. Also, basketball-related, there's going to be a bonus episode this week because I just put in a ton of NBA futures and prop bets. So there will be a bonus episode. I'm not exactly which, which, not exactly sure which day it's going to be. Hopefully, it's going to be Wednesday or Friday. I'm going to break down a lot of NBA betting for the upcoming season, and I'm going to do the normal Tuesday gambling lesson on that podcast And the gambling lesson is going to be surrounding placing futures bets and how that impacts your wage structure and unit distribution. Okay. Also, got to remind you guys, follow me on Twitter, at mfiddle14. I've already tweeted out all of those NBA bets. So if you want to get those early before the podcast comes out, you can go see them there. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, and I would love written reviews on Apple Podcasts. I'm giving you guys a bonus offer that if you guys give me a written review and then shoot me a DM on Twitter, instead of just getting my core four by listening to the Saturday podcast, I will simply tell you my entire lineup for that week. So as a way to boost my written reviews, you will get access to my entire lineup for that DFS slate. All right, let's start off all Tuesday episodes, how we always do, by recapping the week before with a week four recap. Guys, for me, this is honestly, it's tilt week. Things did not go my way. I kind of sensed it from the start. I knew it wasn't going to be good. Maybe I put a bad omen on myself. Maybe I manifested poorly if you believe in those kind of energies. However, things just really didn't go my way. And I'm pretty annoyed about it. For one, the Lions injuries. I jumped on the Lions minus 5.5 early, 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 early in the week. Amon Ra out, Swift out. The line drops to minus 3.5. I'm blocked from a cash out. There's no way I would have played that ticket with negative two CLV. I would have loved to cash out, but the website simply didn't allow me because they knew I was going to lose. They wanted to keep my bet in place, and therefore, no cash out allowed. I sensed myself losing that bet from the beginning, and of course, Seahawks win, Lions stink, they can't play a lick of D, and I lost the bet. Second one is the Browns and the Miles Garrett situation. I was on the Browns in this spot for two weeks. I was saying Browns versus Falcons, Browns is the play, Falcons travel schedule, Browns rest schedule, this lines up perfectly. Browns are a clear, clear play. And then three or four days before the game, the Browns' best player 
gets in a car accident. His car flips over numerous times. Thank God he's okay, but he was not able to play. Miles Garrett, he's a defensive lineman. And the Falcons ended up having seven complete passes, but running for 230 yards. The Browns needed their force on the defensive line to simply stop the run. And I think they would have won this game handily. Again, I look back and say hindsight, it was absolutely the right play. It just didn't work out. I could not have foreseen Miles Garrett being in a car accident and then also being a late scratch. He wasn't sure he was going to be out, and then he was ruled out shortly before the game. I could have maybe sold off the ticket. I chose not to. Still loved the spot for the Browns, but Miles Garrett loss proved to be too big of a loss for the Browns to overcome against the run-heavy Falcons. Last injury I need to tilt about. Traylon Burke. I was on his over prop for his pass, for his reception yards, rather. The Colts, the Titans were playing against the Colts. Traylon Burks is a receiver for the Titans. I knew the Colts have a good run D and an atrocious pass defense. So I backed a Titans receiver on his over on his prop. He's hit the over in three out of four weeks. I have played it already twice and won both times. I was going back to the well with this one. His over was 37 and a half yards when it opened and when I bet it, and it closed at 40 and a half. So I got three yards of CLV. Felt really good about this bet. Traylon Burks gets a catch early on in the game, takes a bad hit, gets carted off the field. He's probably going to miss a lot, a lot of time. I'm not really sure the extent of the injury. I have not checked it yet. But again, Traylon Burks, best of luck to his health. And my prop bet, RIP on scene when that golf cart starts coming in to take him back to the locker room. And his day is over after having only one catch and only running just a few routes. The DFS space did not go too well for me either. By the way, in the betting world, I ended up going, I think it was four and eight. I lost 3.2 units total. So it wasn't atrocious, but it wasn't good. On the DFS side, also did not go well. I simply did not trust my gut enough. Hurricane Ian is to blame. It had me swirling in the winds, not knowing which games were going to be affected by the weather and playing too much into that. On the pods last week, I said I loved Eckler. I said I loved Rashad Penny. I said Jared Goff was the best value quarterback. Didn't play any of them. I played into the chalk of Deontay Johnson. Eh, That didn't work out well. I avoided the chalk of Josh Reynolds and Hawkinson. Eh, That didn't work out well. And I decided to pivot to Khalif Raymond from the Lions. Eh, That didn't work well. Hawkinson had 180 yards and two touchdowns. Reynolds was a top 10 wide receiver on the week. It was just unbelievable. If I had trusted my gut and went with my top choices and then pivoted into the chalk at the value positions, I'd be a very, very rich man right now. Another week where I felt like I had the complete right reads, yet simply made the wrong plays. Again, tough week of betting, minus 3.2 units, and not winning any of my lineups in DFS. Brings my NFL totals to plus 11.8 units on the NFL season and plus 570 in the DFS space. 
and we chalk it up. We like the process. We move on. We don't get too hung up about it. We don't start looking for regrets. We know we made the right choices. We know we followed gambling theory logic, and we go back to the well, start searching for CLV again this week. We start evaluating the week five card, week the week five DFS slate, and we keep the ball rolling. I was saying it through weeks one through three. It was so dominant that it was simply unsustainable. It's like gravity. What goes up must come down. There was going to be a little bit of a bounce back. Now, we hope this doesn't accelerate at 9.8 meters per second squared. If you guys are science nerds like myself, that's the acceleration of gravity. So we're going to hope to slow the pace on it coming back down. We're going to hope to flip it so it's going back up, which would mean negative acceleration. And we're going to start winning again, which starts this week, Thursday night. Broncos minus three is my current bet. Let's start the week five look ahead in the betting space. The Sharps are on the Broncos, and I'm riding with them. The Colts absolutely stink this year. They have a lot of injuries. Newest injuries now, Jonathan Taylor. Their offensive line is really, really, really bad. Matt Ryan is a turnover machine. On the flip side of the ball, the Broncos secondary has been elite, and now they get to face a weak offensive line, so hopefully the defensive line can get some pressure. I like the under in this game, but I'm not playing it simply because we expect both starting running backs, Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams, to be injured and missing the game. And so for that reason, there might be a much higher volume of throws So I have no play on the total, even though I lean towards the under, and I'm riding the Broncos minus three, as long as Russell Wilson's shoulder turns out not to be a big deal. I just saw this report 20 minutes ago that Russell Wilson is dealing with a little shoulder thing. Double check on that before you submit the bet. Mine is already submitted, Broncos minus three. Moving on, Bengals plus three and a half, Bengals, Ravens under 48.5. I'm on the sharp side for both of these lines on this game. It has moved to Bengals minus three. The total has moved to 47 and a half. So we have plus half a point of CLV on the point spread, plus one point of CLV on the game total. Divisional games are played very close, and they are always sharp towards the under because with more familiarity means less scoring because these teams have played each other. They know each other's tendencies. They know each other's play calling strategy. The coaches have more familiarity with one another. Divisional games equals less scoring. Play into that. Ravens, Bengals, under. Again, 48 is the key number. So if you're getting this at 47 and a half, it's not as good of a bet. If you still see this at 48 or 48 and a half, I really like the under. And we know correlated value of unders with underdogs. So getting Bengals plus three and a half, you get the hook on the plus three. Really like that bet. Dolphins minus three. Teddy Bridgewater's nickname is Teddy Covers. I think he's 24 and five, 21 and five. He's, he's more than 20 wins and only five losses against the spread when he travels. This Dolphins team is really good. They have weapons galore and the Jets stink and they're coming off an emotional comeback win. Love to fade the Jets in this spot. 
love to back the Dolphins. We also know the Dolphins are on a rest advantage, having played week four Thursday night against the Bengals. So coming off 10 days rest and preparation time, absolutely love the spot the Dolphins are in. I think that could be a multiple unit bet. Right now, it's just one unit for me, but definitely a spot I could see myself increasing my exposure. 49ers are playing against the Panthers. I'm on the 49ers minus 4.5. This line has since moved to 6.5. And I think you have to ask yourself, how much do you hate the Panthers before you make this bet? I think the Panthers suck. I think Matt Rule is maybe one or two weeks away from being fired. And I think the 49ers are an ascending team. I've been talking about this for the last week or so. Jimmy G simply was not part of OTAs or practice throughout the entire offseason. He was practicing on his own. He was not given a playbook. He was told, you're going to be traded. Go work on the side. Then Trey Lance gets hurt. Jimmy G has to come back in and be the starting quarterback. And now he's reintegrating himself into the team. He's getting practice time. He's getting his reps. He's getting his familiarity back. He's getting his rhythm back. I really like the 49ers to be undervalued by the market because people are still reacting to Jimmy G not being that great of a quarterback. At the end of the day, Jimmy G is a winner and this defense brings pressure. So I like backing the 49ers. I'm on the minus 4.5. I jumped on that super early. I even like jumping on the early line of the 49ers minus six against the Falcons for week six. Talk about that next week. But again, that's a bet I'm already on. The next bet I'm on is the Chargers-Browns over 48 and the Chargers minus two and a half. This is similar to the Bengals versus Ravens situation, but also kind of the opposite. We have this game clearly sharp towards the over. We have a lot of injuries on the defensive end. Bosa's out. Miles Garrett might be out again. Clear play towards the over. And if you're taking the over, there's also positive correlation in taking the favorite. So I'm on the Chargers minus 2.5 and Chargers-Browns over 48. Again, 48 is the key number. So if you're seeing this line at now 48 and a half or 49 somewhere, not as good of a bet. You might want to wait and see if it kicks back down to 48. Tampa Bay versus the Falcons over 46 and a half. So far this season, Tampa Bay has been a clear under team and the Falcons have been a clear over team. So it's like, okay, which way should we go on this one? The line is priced at 46 and a half. It's sitting in complete No man's land between 48 and the 44, the two nearest closest key numbers. And so the the Vegas lines or the sports makers, odds makers, geez, I can't speak, are pretty much telling the public, hey, help us figure this out and you tell us where this should go. I hammered the over and I think it's already moved to above 48 and said 48.5. I still like it. Tampa is a team that's just gotten its weapons back. They're really struggling to run the ball and they're throwing endlessly. On the other side of the ball, the Falcons are really being creative on offense and scoring in every game. So Tampa versus Falcons over 46.5 is my bet. I think the line's at 48.5. Again, you're not getting the best number. Might be worth a small play now because I still like it. You also might want to wait a little bit and see if it kicks back to 48. Dallas versus Rams under 45.5. The Rams stink. They have no offense besides Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson washed. Van Jefferson injured. Odell injured. Cam Akers sucks. Daryl Henderson sucks. Offensive line, atrocious. 
On the other side of the ball, Dallas, really good offense, dealing with injuries. We don't know if Dak's going to be back or they're going to be playing with Cooper Rush again. Rams also have tons of playmakers on defense. Donald, Ramsey, Wagner. So really like the under Dallas Rams under 45.5. I'm also on the Cowboys plus seven. Again, correlated value of going underdog and under in the game. Now it's the third time where I'm on both spots with correlated value. Chargers, Browns over. Chargers as the favorite. Bengals, Ravens under. Bengals as the dog. Dallas, Rams under. Dallas as the dog. I got this line at Dallas plus seven in a look-ahead spot last week. I know that the Sharps are consistently fading the Rams. So if you see look-ahead lines, don't feel bad to jump on the opposition of the Rams because we know it's probably going to come the other direction. So Cowboys plus seven is also another bet of mine. Now let's talk about the Chiefs. This now becomes the fourth spot of correlated bets. I'm on the Raiders Chiefs over 50.5. Raiders are a clear over team with a terrible defense and a lot of weapons on offense. The Chiefs' defense has actually been really, really good. They blitz like crazy. They create a lot of pressure. The flip side of that is it does expose them to big plays, and they've let up at least 20 points in every single game. So Chiefs' offense is going to score 30. Chiefs' defense is going to let up 20. We're going over 50. I really like this bet. And also putting the Chiefs, They're a minus 7.5 favorite. I'm teasing that down to minus 1.5 and teasing the Packers down from 7.5 to 1.5 as well. So Chiefs, Raiders over 50.5, and then a teaser on the Chiefs, Packers, both to minus 1.5. All of these plays are full full for a full unit right now. That is my betting card for week five. I really think it is going to be a great, great week. I'm already dominating the CLV look-ahead numbers. I think this is a get-right spot. There's a lot of games on the slate that scream value opportunities to me. This is going to be a high-bet exposure week for myself, and I look forward to the Week 5 Sunday very, very much. Let's move on and talk some DFS. Let me pull up the DraftKings slate. Okay, let's start this discussion how we always do for the DFS side. We are going to go through every position, discuss every player priced above $7,000. And if we don't get through at least five in that position, we will give you the top five. For a quarterback, there are four players priced above $7,000. They are Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, and then Matthew Stafford comes in at $6,400. Josh Allen, clear option, always an option, rushing upside. High volume passing. Bills minus 14 in this game. They're going against Pittsburgh on the road. Potential get right spot. Also potential like spanking for the Bills to put on Pittsburgh with a rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickens. Slight fear that Josh Allen plays three quarters, just puts up, you know, four touchdowns, but not as many yards because he doesn't have to. But again, he's Josh Allen. You could always play Josh Allen. If my fear is him getting four touchdowns, how big is the fear? Jalen Hurts, he's playing against the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona's defense stinks. They only have one good corner, and that's it. Everyone else sucks. Philly, Jalen Hurts, undefeated, runs the ball a ton. You can always play Jalen Hurts. I said pre-week one, 
Jalen Hurts is going to be a top three fantasy option every week, and he's made it to number two. Good for him. Kyler Murray, number three. No, I'm out on Kyler. He's playing against Philadelphia. He's on the other side of the field as Hurts. I would rather have Hurts than Kyler. So if I'm going to play into that game, it is going to be on the Eagles side of the ball. Justin Herbert. This is probably where I'm going. Herbert's yards are incredible. Herbert does have the ability to move. This game is sharp towards the over. I'm already on the Chargers, so I expect them to put up points and win the game. 7,100. I really, really like Herbert. Early call for me to make Herbert part of the core. He also has good stack options with Mike Williams, with Gerald Everett. It's possible Keenan Allen is out. If Keenan Allen is out, I like the stack options even more. And I think the benefit to the stack outweighs the negative impact on Herbert by losing Keenan Allen. Stafford going against Dallas. I think the Rams stink. I'm on the under. I'm on Dallas. There's no way I'm playing Stafford. Talk about value quarterbacks on Thursday. Going on to running backs. Six players ranked above 7,000, and one of them is Swift, exactly at 7,000, and he's injured. So we're only talking about the top five today. They are McCaffrey, Henry, Chubb, Eckler, Dalvin. McCaffrey going against San Francisco. Don't love it because Baker sucks. 49ers D, really good. 49ers offense, run heavy and rounding out into form. Don't love McCaffrey this week. Derrick Henry, absolutely love him. Could very well see myself playing Henry. I expect his name to be heavy in the optimizers. We've seen him get a high volume of catches in the last few weeks. We've seen him come back to form and absolutely be crushing it. We see Tennessee is starting to right the ship. Tennessee is on the road, but they are favored by three. It should be a run-heavy game for Derrick Henry. Check in with who's starting for the defensive line of the commanders. They do have a really good defensive front. So that would be the only reason to not go with Henry. But again, the Titans are just such a powerhouse running team. You could always play Derrick Henry. On the other side of the ball, Nick Chubb. I'm not going to be playing Nick Chubb because I think the Chargers are going to be winning this game. I think it is going to be sharp towards the over. And I'd rather play a guy like Hunt who could be more involved in the passing game. I think this is not the right spot to pay up for a guy like Chubb when I expect this to be a shootout and have a guy like Hunt potentially more involved. So highlight Hunt for this week, pass on Chubb. Eckler, you want to go back to the well and stack Eckler and Herbert? I'm absolutely fine with it. I think Eckler had a receiving touchdown last week, so that would be a stack touchdown for yourself where you get the touchdown at quarterback and running back and the reception and the yards and all that good stuff. Eckler is 7,800. He's going against the Browns defense. Game is sharp towards the over. Browns defense has not been as good as it normally is. They got gashed on the run by the Falcons, letting up over 200 yards. Could easily see Eckler having another great day and riding Austin Eckler. Not a bad idea. Dalvin Cook, not a big of a fan as Dalvin this week. He is only 7,300, so it's a lot cheaper than normal for someone with elite usage like Dalvin. But have to be a little concerned about this nagging shoulder injury. You're also playing coming off the London game, which teams don't normally do well. And they're playing Chicago, who runs the crap out of the ball and keeps the clock moving. So don't love Minnesota. Again, they're projected to win by seven, and they are dominant at home. So those could be reasons to play Dalvin. 
I personally don't. I like Henry. I like Eckler more, and I think we could find value later on. Jamal Williams probably going to be core again this week because Swift, as he's the last $7,000 guy, is going to be out. Let's move to wide receiver. Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Debo, Amon Ross St. Brown, A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, now over 7,000? Yikes. Mike Williams and C.D. Lamb. So a host of people, 10 names above 7,000 that we need to talk about. Suddenly, this is a wide receiver heavy episode. Cooper Cup. I know I hate the Rams. I know I'm on the under. I know I'm on the Cowboys. All that being said, you can't ever hate Cooper Cup. At 9,600, coming off a game where he didn't actually get in the end zone, expect him to find his way back to the end zone this week. You can always play Cooper Cup. Justin Jefferson, I'm going to avoid. Don't like the matchup. Don't like him coming off the London game. Don't like going against a run-heavy team. Don't think this is a great spot to spend up on. Stefan Diggs, absolutely. If you go with Josh Allen, you spend up and get Diggs. You stack them. You worry about everything else later. Tyreek Hill. Yes, because I love the Dolphins. Yes, because he's going against the Jets. Yes, because he's been so dominant all season. Yes, because he actually caught some bombs from Teddy Bridgewater. The only reason no is he's got a backup quarterback, so you don't know if the rapport is going to be the same. I personally do trust Teddy Bridgewater a lot. I just don't know if I want to correlate my spend up in in DFS with a backup quarterback playing. That would be the only reason not to do this. Everything else is a yes for Tyreek. Debo. Definite yes spot for me. I like the 49ers in this game. I like the fact that Jimmy G is starting to get right. I like that Debo had a nice 23-point week last week in a get-right spot on Monday Night Football against a great defense in the Rams. Now he plays against Carolina. Really like Debo this week, 7,700. I think that's a great spot for him to potentially find himself with like 150 all-purpose yards and a potential touchdown. Amon Ross St. Brown, he's going to be hurt. He's going to be out. We'll skip his name. If he is suddenly in, you will not find me playing, paying 7,600 for a guy who's half injured. A.J. Brown, sure. If you go with Hurts, you go with A.J. Brown. I like Hurts in this game. I did say the one redeeming quality of the Arizona Cardinals is they have a shutdown cornerback. So you're playing into that with A.J. Brown. So maybe you want to go Hurts and a Goddard stack, Hurts and a Devonta Smith stack. So maybe you don't want to play A.J. Brown this week. He's such a freak talent. 7,500 isn't as much as a guy like Jefferson, and he could beat Jefferson on any given week. I don't hate A.J. Brown. I do think this is a high-scoring game. Your one fear is there's a shutdown corner on the other side. Hollywood Brown, I mean, I understand it because he's been getting so many targets and he found his way into the end zone a few times, but you just won't catch me paying up for Hollywood Brown. So not much to say there. Mike Williams, love it. Love it. It's a lot to pay for Mike Williams. He doesn't have the biggest name as some of these other guys. But if Keenan's out, if they're playing in a game sharp towards the over, if we're already on Herbert, if we're already on the Chargers, There's no reason not to be on Mike Williams. He had over 100 yards last week. 
you can easily find him with 100 yards and a touchdown this week as well. C.D. Lamb, let's see if Dak comes back, and let's see what happens with C.D. with the Dak-Cooper Rush situation. C.D. has a real rapport with Cooper Rush, and he seems to be like a tick or two off with Dak, like a lot of targets, but not good efficiency. He's also playing against the Rams, which means he gets Jalen Ramsey. They have been moving CD all over the field, lining him up in the slot a lot. I don't know if Ramsey's going to follow him to the slot or Ramsey's going to stay on his half of the field. We will see. Either way, not the best spot if we're having potential new quarterback enter the building, going against a shutdown corner in a game that's sharp towards the under. Don't really love paying up for CD here. Mike Evans is the next name on the board at 6,900. I will just say I absolutely love Mike Evans this week. I could see that being another name. I will discuss him more on Thursday because he doesn't make the cutoff of being $7,000. But I do really like Mike Evans. There are no tight ends above even 6,000. The highest tight end is 5,200, and it's George Kittle, who I would not play right now until he shows us a little bit more life. Hawkinson, 4,900. Yes, if Amon Ra and Swift are both out again, I think you have to play Hawkinson. I mean, that's a really obvious chalk play. I'm looking at the other ones. Ertz, Goddard, Pitts. Skip, skip, skip. Higby, I like Higby. Everett, love Everett with the stack with Herbert. Let's go over tight end more in depth on Thursday's episode. There's really no elite options at tight end at all. And then defense, the highest spend up would be the Bills. Second highest would be the Buccaneers. Definitely not in on the Buccaneers. They're playing against the Falcons. I'm on the over for that game. And I'm talking about how creative the Falcons offense is. So we'll not be playing that. Bills defense going against a rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickett. I think that's a definite option. I mean, how surprised would we be if Von Miller had a strip sack fumble and someone else took it to the house? Not surprised at all. Okay, well, that would be nine points. That would pretty much solidify your week for your defense, and that would happen all on one play. Um, 49ers, definite option against Carolina and Baker. Rams, I do not like that. I do not like the Rams at all. Vikings are always an option because they're going against the Chicago Bears. Not the Vikings are always an option. Whoever's going against the Bears is always an option. I played the Giants last week in my season-long league, and they had like 20 points because the Bears stink. They're playing in Minnesota. Minnesota is dominant at home. Those are the top five defenses. I think you could play the Vikings. I think you could play the 49ers. And I think you could play the Bills if you want to spend up on defense this week. All right. A few reminders before I get out of here. Follow me on Twitter at mfiddle14. Rate, review, subscribe to the show and drop me a written review. Shoot me a DM on Twitter. I give you my whole lineup for the week. Check back later this week for a bonus NBA discussion and a gambling lesson on futures betting. Be back Thursday with the value episodes. We'll be back either tomorrow or Friday with an NBA discussion. We'll be back Saturday with the Core 4 discussion. And we'll be live on Sunday on YouTube Sunday morning to discuss bets, sit-starts, injury questions, DFS pivots, uh, weather updates, all that good stuff on the Fiddle and Sticks YouTube show presented by Sports Ethos. Come check us out on Sunday morning. 
I will see you guys and speak to you guys all week. And as always, peace out.